the world's honky tonkiest comic book podcast. What? Here comes the Spider Cast. I am your co-host, Michael, and as always, I'm joined by Joshua Merval. And today we're going to be taking a look at some of the Spider-Man crossover comics from 1986. That's right. And as always, we are joined by Bex Luthor. Hey, Ooh. yo, what up? It's me, your boy. I'm in this more than Spider-Man is. <laughs> really, uh, yeah. That's true, that's true. And unfortunately, G.I. Jolie could not be with us. And our special guest, Michelle, could not be with us, but she'll be with us in a few weeks. Right. So, right. So, yeah, first, uh, so these are from April, August, and, and February, February. Uh, 1986. We're kind of reading these out of order, but it doesn't really matter. But yeah. uh, anyway, Josh, you're going to start us off with Power Pack 21. Right, okay, so this one has a special cameo appearance by the Amazing Spider-Man. Um, so this episode we start off with, and forgive me, because I'm not super familiar with the Power Pack, so I'm not going to remember the kids' names. Sure. Um, but uh, I believe it's Alex who wants yeah. the who's, who's watching the cartoon at the beginning here. She's one of the younger members, uh, the, the younger siblings of the Power Pack. She's watching her favorite cartoon show um, and uh, her dad, their dad is like about Wait, to leave sorry, and the, head out the door. Sorry. The, the youngest one it, it, from age from top to bottom goes Alex, Julie, Jack and Katie. So I think so, Katie is the one so watching. So Katie? Okay. Yeah. Just so the reader, just so the listeners know what we're talking about. Okay, so Katie. Okay, sorry. Katie, and then what was the other youngest one? Uh, Jack is like the bratty one, and then okay, Julie so is like the Katie, smart one, Jack. and then Alex is like, well, the leader, I guess. Right, so Katie and Jack are kind of like our two main characters right. for this issue. Um, Katie wants, uh, they've, they've planned this trip to go to the mall to uh, meet the author of one of the books that... Uh, is what the cartoon is based off of that uh, Katie's watching at the beginning. It's She's like super excited for this. She can't wait to go and get her book signed uh, uh, by her. So they've kind of planned this trip. And unfortunately, the dad has to go visit their mother in the hospital. So he won't be able to join them. So he gives them some money for the for the bus and for some food and to buy the, the book and the, the signature, the autograph. So uh, they decide they're going to fly there instead of taking the bus because they're superheroes. Uh, and on the way, we see Spider-Man swinging along. And of course, uh, he runs out of web fluid and is falling. The power pack swoop in and save him. And they kind of have this like cute little exchange about um, eating their vegetables and all good superheroes mm-hmm. eat their vegetables. And Spider-Man swings off. And we don't see him for the rest of the, the show. <laughs> Okay, done. Uh, Let's review that. Yeah. Uh, no. Uh, so they're they're in the mall. They're having lunch, and uh, the announcement comes over the PA system, which I didn't I didn't know was a, a thing. I guess in, in malls that they could just they did like announcements like this. They I do. Know maybe they for still like, do lo- for like lost kids and stuff like that. Yeah. I, I yeah I, I know about those. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Uh, it so also they, mostly is to tell people to go home because we're closed. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's fair. Uh, so they make this announcement that the the, uh, the autographs are going to start soon and the meet and greet is starting soon. So the kids finish up their food. Uh, oh, at the table, too, they have this um, argument about how they're at this, like, diner and they all get, you know, this, like, diner food, like some club sandwiches, french fries. And then one of the kids orders peanut butter and jelly. And they one of them kind of, like, makes a comment, like, Really? 
you got mm-hmm. peanut butter and jelly when we went out for dinner. Like you could have peanut butter and jelly at home. Why wouldn't you get anything else? And uh, they bring up that uh, the Goo Gam, which is the, the book that they're going to get signed. Uh, uh, they, there's an episode about peanut butter and jelly and how uh, <laughs> sometimes you got to just let people have their peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and not judge them for what they like. So they're at the signature. Uh, they they meet. She's really nice. She signs the book for her. Um, the oh, I already forget his name. Jacob. Jake. Jake. Jack. 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 Yeah. Jack the one with the J. Uh, he uh, he's kind of being snotty, like huh, I don't want to meet her. Blah 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 blah. They leave, and it turns out, oh no! All she said was was best wishes, uh, and then sign it. So they, she, uh, Katie's upset because uh, she didn't sign it to Katie. So mm-hmm. uh, the two older kids decide, okay, we're going to go back and try to get the signature from her. Um, or we'll, we'll get her something to kind of calm her down so she's not crying as much. Um, just as that's happening, a limo pulls up with uh, a Googam sticker on it, so they know that that's the author's limo. Um, and uh, they see her actually get kidnapped. So they chase the, the limo uh, to this building. Uh, uh, they go inside, and pretty much like hijinks happen. They're, they're like dodging these criminals with guns. They're in like Googam costumes running around the building. They stopped the people uh, that kidnapped her and they, you know, set her free. She's extremely grateful. She signs uh, the book for her. And then um, Jack uh, kind of confesses the reason why he was like, he's been bitter this entire issue is that uh, he he was a fan of a different series that she wrote on, but it was quickly canceled when Gugam became more popular. So she wasn't able to write any more of these books. And she, <laughs> she reveals some of the origin of the Gugams and how the goos and the gams were enemies because the goos made peanut goo and the gams made gam jam. <laughs> <laughs> And they sure. hated they hated they hated each other's food. And then one day, two of the the young ones, Romeo and Juliet style, brought the peanut butter and brought the jelly together and made a sandwich. And they realized that it was extremely great together. And they worked together. And you can't judge people by their preferences. And, and you got to just let people enjoy what they like. Um, so as a parting gift, she hands him an, an envelope, and they go their separate ways. Um, and it turns out that. Uh, the the envelope that he's got is a script for the last episode that was unreleased of this uh, 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 book that he liked. So everybody's kind of happy at the end. And then we get this weird epilogue of these lizards and I don't understand anything that's happening. Uh, <laughs> there's a... There's right, a, right. You know, there's a lizard queen that is upset because I think the power pack killed her son or something. I don't know. It's not important to the story. It's setting up right. something else. But there's a weird lizard cult happening. Yeah. So clearly that was just setting up the next issue. It was probably just yeah. shoved in there by the, the regular writer. So we should just clarify Power Pack, the regular writer and creator, or sorry, the regular writer and artist are Louise Simonson and June Bregman. So they're the original creators. They did most of the series. This issue is guest written and drawn by Terry Austin who's known mainly as an inker, 
he came to fame on X-Men with uh, inking John Byrne's pencils. And the mm-hmm. artist on this issue is Brent Anderson, who's now gone on to do Astro City. I'm, I don't know if you guys have heard of Astro City. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so here's the thing. I was worried when I saw Terry Austin's name on this because I don't think of him as a writer, but I freaking love this issue. I absolutely loved it. Like, I'm already a fan of Power Pack, but, like, this is exactly what the Doctor ordered. Uh, <laughs> other than the ending, which is unnecessary, and the cameo with Spider-Man, which actually doesn't fit with the rest of the story, mm. I thought this was, like, if they could make a Netflix show out of this, I would eat this up. I thought it was amazing. Uh, Becca, what did you think of it? Um, I couldn't read half of it. Why? Whenever, whenever the whatevers and the other... The goos and we, the gams? Yep, sure. Whenever you don't like goo any, gam jam? No. Um, <laughs> whenever there was any dialogue involving these creatures, I was like, oh my god, can I just read past this? Um, I, uh, I, I didn't like it. What? I thought it, thought it was boring. Um, I didn't care that these kids wanted an autograph. I didn't care that this woman was getting kidnapped. I didn't care that there was a book she wrote apparently has a hidden mystery in it where you can actually find real life a hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> yeah. Right. Okay. Like that's a thing. Yeah. It um, is. <laughs> Don't you like kids? No. Oh. Oh, that's the problem. No, no, I love children. I just these ones are annoying. I love. I, I have you read Power Pack before? Um, I'm kind of familiar with the four of them. Mm-hmm. More recent stuff than like this older stuff. Um, mostly, yeah, mostly newer stuff. Where like oh. they, they, I think they're like do stuff with the Fantastic Four in recent times. There was very recently. I think they were with um. Gwenpool and Devil Dinosaur and that kind of stuff. Hmm. Um, uh, but yeah. the only thing I really know about the Power Pack is that a horse people gave them powers. Right. right. Okay. And that's, I, I think the horse people are the enemies to these lizard people. I think so, yeah. I don't know much about that stuff, but yeah, I think that's you're right. That's all I know, because they're the, the people who gave them powers are horses with abs. <laughs> so that's... <laughs> and, well... It's more, kind of, more than I can say for myself. But anyway, Josh, help me out here. Did you enjoy this issue? Um, I did enjoy it. Um, but I, I can also see where Bex is coming from. I, I was kind of like lukewarm on it. Um, I, I think that uh, the Goo Cam stuff is a little like heavy handed, I think, at times. Um, I bet you Goo Gam. Well, maybe not. I could be totally wrong. Comics are weird. But I bet you Goo Gams never come up ever again. You know what I mean? Probably like not. Feels, no, you're right. It feels yeah. super weird to, like, make this, like, really heavy lore that just so happens to, like, be the moral of the story. And it's fine. Like, it, you know, it's it's a mm-hmm. kid's... It, this one is clearly geared towards kids, right? Like, this is very much, like... And 45-year-old men in 2021, obviously. Exactly, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but it, it is geared towards kids and, like, the both the subject matter and the characters themselves. Like, the people who are relating to this are the kids who see themselves in the power pack. And, you know, they're watching cartoons and the cartoon uh, morals and, and, and uh, themes come back in real life and they learn a lesson from that. Is it weird that they had to throw in this weird 
if you find the treasure chest. What do you mean if you find the treasure chest in the book? It's like a search and find. You'll win a hundred thousand dollars. That was definitely weird. There's clues in the book to a real life location where there's a real treasure chest with a hundred thousand dollars in it. And that's why they kidnap her is because they're trying to find out where the treasure chest is. Okay, gotcha. Right. (laughs) So yeah, it's a little like okay. There's you know there's a lot happening, but. It was kind of fun. Like I, I like seeing these kids. I think the kids are pretty well written, right. um, especially for like it, it doesn't see it doesn't always seem like an adult writing a kid, right? It, the, yes. the, the dialogue a lot of the times seems pretty natural, which is pretty new for Power Pack because everything I read for Power Pack, I think has been on the show. And usually I think that the writing is pretty iffy. Like well, it, this sound, is, yeah. it sounds like a, it sounds like an adult writing how they think a kid talks rather than it just sounding natural. It's funny because the usual writers, Louise Simonson, one thing I like about her is I think she's actually really good at writing kids. This is oh, Terry Austin, so maybe you just don't like her style. I don't know. Maybe, yeah. But, but yeah, I thought it was pretty okay. I, like, why did they have to put on the Gugam costumes? I guess maybe uh, yeah. they're trying to like you know. I, it's just like it's just like the hijinks is weird. They've got all of a sudden like a cat that's running around trying to stop these criminals too with them. Like, you know what I mean? It's it's right. goofy. Like I think, I think for what it is, it's pretty fun, but it's not something that I like actively look for in a comic. I do. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Here's the thing: is that I do think it's goofy. It's almost like more like a sitcom. It's almost like you're watching like an '80s sitcom, which I think is kind of fine. And that's why I always say make a great TV show. And I think we talked about this. They did make a TV movie of Power Pack. And somehow no one on Earth remembers it. It's like the Mandela effect. Like it does exist, but no one's ever mentioned it. We'll have to, to like oh, review it or something. We're gonna like be a video or trust me, it's on the agenda. Um, no, I, I'm not gonna be available for that. Oh, you will be. You know, you get nothing else going on. Anyway, that show's worse than like the old Fantastic Four animated show, Whoa. which we're also gonna review. But anyway. Okay. okay, I've seen every episode of that show. I'll review that show. <laughs> okay, what do you guys think of uh, Becca? What do you think of the Spider-Man cameo? Waste, pointless. Just he's on the cover. He's mm. literally there just so that you pick up the issue and buy it because Spider-Man, because Spider-Man sells, and maybe this wasn't selling as good as Spider-Man. It's a gimmick, and it's insulting. And it's awesome. I know. Okay, <laughs> uh, Josh, what do you think of the cameo? I I totally agree. I think that the moment is fun and yeah. cute. But it do, it does feel extremely disjointed. It 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 is like like a commercial. You know what well, I mean? Yeah, like both, idea- for, both like go buy Spider Man and also like hey look Spider Man's in this kids you'll love it. Ideally, he wouldn't even be on the cover. It would just be yeah. a surprise appearance that would make it more okay. I think. Yeah, you know what? I think maybe that maybe that would make it better. As right. weird as that sounds, like a, like a treat for the reader. Yeah. Yeah, because if you're a kid who this is the target audience for, you open it up and you're like, yeah, Power Pack. And you're like, whoa, Spider-Man, they're friends. That's cool. But like he's on the cover. So I expected them to be, you know, maybe a little bit more involved. Yeah, right. And then last thing, we haven't talked about the art. Uh, Josh, what do you think of the art by Brent Anderson? Uh, It's pretty good. I think it's solid. Um, Mm -hmm. It has a pretty similar feel, I'd say, to to the previous Power Pack issues we've talked about. 
nice and um, clean, straightforward. Yeah. I think um, I think with something like this, you have to particularly be good with like solid figures and lines and faces because you've got to differentiate the kids somehow, right? Right, and right. They right. are in different color costumes and they are a little bit different heights when they're standing next to each other. It's easy, but the fact that like katie and jack like look like katie and jack is is nice yeah i think it's i think it's fun it's uh it totally works for this and kind of even makes it feel more like a sitcom right 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 yeah that's good bex luthor art uh it's okay um (laughs) i didn't there's no like standout panels where i was like whoa that's cool um i'm a little disappointed when they showcase their powers i thought that was kind of lackluster And like, really? the de- like there's well, everything is very detailed, like the backgrounds are detailed mm-hmm. and the like characters are detailed. But then when their powers, it's she just is yellow. <laughs> I was like, OK, that's fun. Well, I almost was like confused as to what they actually could do. That's <laughs> a, here's the thing is Brent Anderson is kind of known as like a realistic artist, kind of like a Neil Adams type artist. So he might be arguably over like detailing things but i i gotta say i did like the scene where um jack and katie go into the trunk of the car even though i was a little bit confused about what was going on because i didn't realize alex could or uh jack could shrink i didn't know that and so mm. not only can he turn into mist but he can shrink his size and so when he goes into the trunk i was like why is he so small but then he opens the trunk and she gets in and i don't know i really really like that scene i just like when writers have creative uses for the character's powers and then as far as, like, um, panel, you know, storytelling, on digital page six, remember the scene where they're sitting in the restaurant? Mm-hmm. And they're eating the peanut butter sandwiches or whatever, and then there's the announcement over the PA. I love the fact that it cuts from one panel to the next, and they've all just disappeared. It's great. It, I, you can see how quickly it was, too, because, like, the waitress in the back is walking by, right. and she's only gotten a couple of steps, and they're just yep. gone. The money's, like, floating down. You see the down. money floating in the air? That's, <laughs> yeah. like, skilled comic strip, like, cartooning. Yeah, I it's, love that's fun. that. So, yeah, I really like this art. And here's the thing. I'm, I've always been a big fan of Power Packet, and it's on my list, and I'm going to read the whole series one day, but every time we read it, I'm always pleased. So I would definitely recommend this to someone um you know who's looking for a good solid superhero comic you know especially if you want your kids to read something this is good uh Mm. bex luthor do you recommend this one i mean if you like power pack sure maybe i'm just not a big power pack fan um i would say this isn't probably a great issue to start with (laughs) maybe because it like jumps pretty much right into like the characters like you don't get us like they don't be like hey i'm jack and i can control my molecules like that like he just is missed and is small sometimes and it's like okay well what does he actually do um and then the spider-man cameo is pointless right so maybe not the first issue if you're interested in power pack but i mean it was okay maybe for a younger reader it just wasn't not enough punching for me (laughs) right right. i like when they punch each other understandable okay and you can't really punch kids that's not cool well (laughs) Mm. You shouldn't. <laughs> I'm sure there's a comic out there for you somewhere. I'm sure. If that's what you want. But anyway, okay, I mean, Josh. Go ahead, Becca. What? Maybe don't maybe don't be interested in kids okay. getting punched. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, Josh, what about you? Do you recommend this one? Um yeah, I think I, I, I would recommend it. It's it's weird. I'm kind of on the same page as Bex though. It's like 
I don't, I feel like this has gotten me interested in reading more Power Pack and seeing different stories with them. But I feel like this is not the story to start off with either. Like, it doesn't seem like the best they can be, but it's it's piqued my interest enough to want to read more. There you go. Awesome. Yeah. All I right. just put in the chat a picture of the horse guy that gave the Power Pack their powers. Oh, let me check that out. I just want you to see what I see. Oh, why? I don't know. His name I- is... Don't want to read more. Oh yeah, facts. what's his name again? It's uh, uh, Alefire White Mane. Yeah, I love it. And in quotations, it says Whitey. So oh, cool. Wouldn't this make a great TV show? Oh, I can't wait. Anyway, one day maybe, right? I hate the legs though. Well, the legs hate you. Okay, so yeah, we're gonna they're g- just weird horse <laughs> dudes. Here's another one. Horses' legs don't go back like that. See, the These thing ones is. Do. is these images are what made me interested in Power Pack as a kid. Okay, this one's oh, freaking me out. Especially this, especially this uh, one. This is insane. <laughs> this is just. <laughs> this is this just, is just the, I put the picture for the listeners. It's a picture of um, on the Marvel fandom wiki. If you just go to the Chimillions, which is uh, their race name. Um, I like his little that's pompadour. Yeah, this yeah, is basically like they, they they were drawing a man and then they just. Erase the legs and added horse legs to the bottom, and then erase the head and added a horse head. But it's yeah. really freaky. <laughs> yeah. So this is what ga- this is what gave the power pack powers. If, if I was a child, I'd be horrified. And I was a horse girl, so How like. Happen, Ethan. Wait, can I ask something about horses? Who's an expert here, Bex? You an expert on horses? I was a horse okay. girl. So you're so. a horse girl. So you were a horse girl. Horses yeah, only have one joint in their back legs. Right? No, they don't. No. They have two? No, they have they one. Have a, they have the same amount of joints that we do. They yeah, just are in different spots. Backwards. So this is impossible. This this horse creature has human knees, and then it also has horse knees. It has two joints. That's that's insane. No mammal has that. Yeah, so this horse has two knees and an ankle. Wait, I'm sorry, Mike. <laughs> Are you really going to judge this character's legs after I said I didn't like them and you said they hate me too? Yes. <laughs> uh, I just, I just. I'm scared so of this drawing. I'll, I just want you to know that this is all I knew about Power Pack going into this issue. Was that this, these horses exist. Yeah. They're horrifying. Oh, my God, I yes. just looked up modern images of them. They get scarier. Oh, <gasps> I don't like it. I don't like it. Whoa, oh. they do, huh? Wait, wait, wait. Oh, oh no. Burn it. Oh, yeah, now I'm scared to death. Now I can't sleep at night. Anami White Mane, first chair of the Chameleon White Room. Oh. Why, why aren't they cute ponies? Okay, I'm going to have to post this sucker on. Uh, Facebook and get some feedback. Oh shit! Wait. Okay, you know what? We gotta. Unfortunately, we gotta we move gotta on. Though, guys. Yeah, yeah, we gotta keep going. Yeah, I can't look at this anymore. <laughs> uh, okay, so now it's my turn. We're gonna move on from Power Pack and we're gonna go to. Thank God. <laughs> Sorry, I just have to close these horse tabs. Right. We're gonna move on to a very strange series called The Vision and the Scarlet Witch. So, mm-hmm. yeah, everyone's familiar with WandaVision. 
And it's funny because I have friends that are like, oh my god, I love WandaVision. Can you give me any comics that are, you know, just like it? And I give them Nope, this, nothing. And they're like, what the Christ is this? This is nothing like the TV show. Okay. It's so, just like, well, well, hold on a second. It kind of is. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, it did get, it did kind of bring me back to watching WandaVision. Well, okay, it has it, the two same characters. <laughs> um, <laughs> right. They're living in a they're house. In like, they're in a house together. She's pregnant. There's like the weird neighbor character. Characters are kind of like just coming into the story sitcom style. Like Spider-Man showing up as Peter Parker almost feels like a sitcom. Like I could hear the laugh track like, oh, woo! <laughs> but- yeah, is that just because this comic is bad, or is it because this comic is <laughs> like resembles a sitcom? Or I don't know. You know what? Here's the thing. Uh, I went through a Steve Englehart phase where I bought virtually everything he ever wrote for like Marvel or DC, and then I started reading re- rereading them, and even this rereading this, I'm like, okay, there's something really good about this, but there's also something insane about this, and I cannot put my finger on it, okay? I, I think that's why it's good, is how insane oh, it is. Yeah, it's I like, think that's the charm of this, is like, what the hell is going on? Like, I, I know I'm going to kind of spoil your, your synopsis here, but... Summary. But, like... The, you know, Toad is angry because he, he wants to win... Scarlet Witch's heart and Spider-Man's there because he's taking paparazzi pictures. He's doing a my an MTV like my crib house tour for J. Jonah Jameson's magazine. Like it's so freaking weird. Here's the yeah. Here's the thing is that I, I think sometimes people, especially in the internet age, they tend to judge things on like a kind of a vertical scale, like good to bad, right? But they don't understand. Mm. There's kind of like these weird nuances where like, for example, someone can be a a writer like, say, Steve Gerber or even Peter David, and they can write a superhero story, but they're always kind of, I don't want to say making fun of the genre, but they're always a little bit outside of it. They're kind of looking Mm -hmm. at it and kind of analyzing it and commenting on it, like postmodern writing or whatever. Steve Englehart is a guy that totally believes what he's writing. He, he, He buys into it, right? takes it seriously so when you look on the cover and it says the self-proclaimed king of evil mutants returns like that's not a joke he's really excited about the fact that the toad is in this story and he's got a a new suit and that's the feeling i get is he puts it's almost like a really good b movie like he's put so much passion Mm. and effort into these weird characters and weird situations which we'll talk about as we go along but that's what i think the trick is is it's almost like for example, have you guys seen the movie Lost Boys? The vampire yeah. movie? Okay, that With movie. The gay vampire boys? Yeah, yes. I've seen that one. So I got into an, a huge argument in the middle of a bar about how good <laughs> yeah. the movie was, as one as does. You do. uh, yeah. And you specifically. Yeah. <laughs> and me and my friend, one of my friends was like, that movie's a piece of crap. And my other friend was You're like, a piece of crap. I owned it on <laughs> Blu-ray. And I was like, yes, that movie's awesome. And the reason it's awesome is because the the writers believed what they were doing like hey let's put a, a a super jacked guy with no shirt on playing a saxophone on stage why not right like that's why i, I like for, the spy for, for kids me. movies too there you uh, go I, robert rodriguez I, they're bad they're not great movies but i freaking love them so much because every single person is giving it their all exactly it's made for kids 
but it's but it's not written like a kids movie like the the both the characters and story are trying to be like a dark noir like spy movie right but, it's a, but it, it almost like feels like it's made with and for kids like it's so great so i totally get that it's yes. like it's got this weird feeling to it that that totally. you can just tell that it was made with love yes that's the that's the key yeah so okay so let's try and describe this issue here so we got vision of the scarlet witch guest starring peter parker the spectacular spider-man he's got his black costume on the cover and he's about to jump on the vision we don't know what's going on in the background the scarlet witch is in the house and the neighbor or i can't remember who this is is kind of like holly holly okay recoiling in fear who's she again i just read this two days ago holly ladonna um she is wanda's neighbor who she's teaching magic to right 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 okay so we start the issue off with Spider-Man swinging over... Which bridge is this? I don't know which bridge. But uh, he's swinging and singing along um, uh, over the bridge that goes from New York into New Jersey. And then he hits... It. Again, this is like a classic 80s comic. He needs to get through the border. So he just, you know, lands in a, in a car with uh, the... Uh, what's that called? The um, sunroof? No. The sunroof. convertible. convertible. Yeah, convertible yeah. With, the, with, the, with the roof down. He just jumps in, and we get this awesome shot of, like, Spider-Man sitting with a backpack in this car, chatting it up with this guy. It's just awesome, you know? And then we cut over to uh, Vision and Scarlet Witch talking to Doctor Strange, and they've basically got him, I guess, kind of, like, analyzing the situation. Because, for those that don't know, Scarlet Witch is a mutant, and she's a witch, but Vision is an android, and somehow, at this point in the Marvel history, he's managed to get her pregnant. So I guess they were a little bit kind of like, not worried, but concerned. Like, is this possible? And so Doctor Strange is kind of assuring them, like, everything's a-okay. You're good to go. You know, don't worry. Okay, okay, fine. So he basically takes off. He's like, okay, I'll be back next week. And he flies away. And then Vision, (laughs) again, this is 1980s superhero comics, goes for a walk down the street in his full superhero costume. (laughs) <laughs> uh <laughs> well like wanda is like making phone calls and stuff and then vision's walking down the street and then all of a sudden he hears uh the doorbell ring at his house so he um what's it called reduce you know he changes his density flies into the house answers the door and sure enough it's peter parker at the door uh and he's and he's there doing a story for the daily bugle about how vision and the scarlet witch have moved into this new house so he's taking pictures and chatting it up or whatever. And then we get this weird, the beginning of this weird recurring kind of gag in the story where Peter yeah. Parker says, yeah, I'm curious, Vision, if you want to live like normal people, why do you oh. agree to have your house opened up to the rabid readers of Now? Now is Now Magazine. And Vision says, don't you know what time of year it is? And Peter Parker says, taxes? Taxes! And I'm like, <laughs> and, I'm, and as a 12-year-old reading this, I'm like, what the hell is going on in this? And then they start getting into the specifics of like how much they make as Avengers and how much taxes they pay and blah, blah, blah. And thank God it cuts away to the Antarctic. (laughs) Anywhere but here. Yeah, anywhere but here. And we see uh, this guy riding like a whatever, like a dog sleigh. And then, oh, and by the way, um, Crystal of the Inhumans has been missing. And then Quicksilver, who was married or is married to crystal shows up in the middle of the antarctic right and he runs up to this guy grabs him by the collar and is like do you have a wife 
Do you have a love in your life? Well, where did you come from? <laughs> One moment you weren't there, then you were. And then he picks him up and is like, you do, don't you? And basically Quicksilver is pissed and he's going crazy oh, because he, I, I guess he can't find his crystal, right? His wife? No, he know she cheated on him. Oh, and right, he left right, her. right, right. That's right. She cheated on him. That's so, what's going on this time. Yeah, so he's pissed. So he's running around in the in Antarctica, grabbing random dudes on dog sleds <laughs> and like, you know, throwing them around, just yelling at them for some reason. And then at the bottom of the page, as Quicksilver's running away, the guy's like gone, like he was never there. Can I really have seen him run away, or is my mind just overtaxed? Okay, was Steve Englehart like pissed off about his? <laughs> lack of you know returns that year or something like what is going on here anyway he was just wanted to remind uh, everyone that it was tax season right by the, way, the, thing is, though, the thing is though this came out in august so he was definitely writing this during tax season which yes. was just pissed off right yeah. like he was just bitter about it 100 percent. something must have went down yeah <laughs> so anyway so then back to the vision scarlet witch house uh this is now holly right Yes. So the neighbor comes to the door, brings flowers for Wanda. And this is kind of an awkward thing because at this point in the story, Peter has not, like, met uh, Wanda yet. So Holly goes up the stairs, Peter follows behind, and then Peter introduces himself because they don't know Peter's Spider-Man, right? Mm-hmm. And so she starts taking photos of Wanda, blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden, well, then Peter's done. And he's like, well, I guess we'll get going. So then Vision, again, in full regalia, decides to walk Peter down the street but again, this is something only like a, like like a dedicated writer could think of. They're walking on the street and then they just run into these neighbors, uh, Glynis and Ilya Zarkov, who are professional uh, magicians, and their professional <laughs> names are Glamour and Illusion. And so then Peter's like, well, maybe I'll get a picture of these guys. And so then it, I love this how they're like uh, talking uh, to Vision and and Peter Parker, and they're like. I wonder what Viz would say if we told him how, how his neighbors increased their income. Avengers were high society jewel thieves. I wonder, but I'll never know, because I like him too much to trouble his mind like that. The Hong Kong fence had never seen anything like the Eye of Rajpur. And then there's a little caption at the bottom that says, They stole it in number nine. So obviously, if we were to keep reading, these characters would come back next issue, right? And then anyway, they just take off. And then they run into another neighbor named Norm. I guess you're right. This is kind of like WandaVision, right? Mm-hmm. This guy, what's his story? I don't even remember. This is the man that Crystal, Quicksilver's wife, cheated on oh, him Oh, yes. Yeah. Just this regular dude. Yep, walking down the street. And then we see him. They chat for a minute. Then he walks away. Vision has now walked Peter all the way to the bus stop. <laughs> so Peter's waiting at the bus stop. And I love this. Hey, this is my lucky day. Here's a bus already. And then the narration. It certainly is a lazy day. Then we cut back to Vision. Holly was right. The variety of nature's bounty is remarkable. Shock! And then all of a sudden, he gets kicked in the face by a giant robotic foot. We cut over to the next page. And sure enough, it's the Toad. The Toad from the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants has returned. And he's wearing this, like big robotic suit. And <laughs> it's hard to describe it. but uh, Frog mech. Frog, frog mech. Frog mech, frog mech. <laughs> Do you want to describe it's this wild. to the listeners, Becca? So you know, like a frog, right? Mm-hmm. Frog. Yeah. Making making a little hamburger size. Frog. Okay. Got its legs. Yeah. Picture in your mind. Frog. Mm-hmm. Green. 
eyes, top of its head. Right. Long Which, tongue? Which, fun fact about... Mm, no tongue. No in this tongue. frog neck suit. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, And then there's a man in that frog. Mm. That's what this looks like. <laughs> mm. So and a little squirt, into a frog. A squirt man. All right. And so they start fighting. And the crazy thing is, is this is not the first time Toad has been in this series. Apparently, he showed up in Vision of the Scarlet Witch number seven, and now he's back. So strange. And uh, the reason he's here is because he's like, I want my queen synth, synth, synthesoid. I want the Scarlet Witch. And by hook or by crook, I'll have her. Because that's how people talk. And he's like... You sent my ship spinning into deep space the last time you fought me, but I told you I am master of machines. So yeah, this is not the same Toad. Like this, he's obviously had a change of you know heart since we saw Spider Man, right? Yeah, right, again. Yeah. So then. Yep. They mentioned that. <laughs> so then I love this. Yeah, I love this though because Spider Man swings in from out of nowhere, and then he's like, "In case you had noticed, that's one of the good guys." So Spider Man, and then he, and then the little, just in case anyone's confused. We have a little thought balloon. If I hadn't had to dig into my change to buy the bus fare, I'd have been on my way home before I heard all the commotion. So that explains why, even though we thought he was getting on the bus, sure enough, he's here to save the day. So Spider-Man joins the fray and gets into a fist fight with the Toad, helping out the Vision, right? But guess what, guys? I bet you didn't know this. The Vision, or sorry, the Toad explains. He's like, uh, Vision's like, I've had... I've had enough time to get my strength back. And Toad is like, but I have the power of teleportate. Voop disappears. The Toad is gone. Uh, yeah. So then this gives Peter and Vision a chance to, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, when you re, not relapse. Um, like recoup? Re, not recoup. When you, um, reminisce. They reminisce about the Toad. And so oh. Peter Parker... <laughs> Talks about basically the issue we read. I think it was like 265 of Amazing. Where the Toad showed up. He was suicidal. Peter Parker talked him off the ledge. Then the Toad joined um, Spider-Kid and Frogman. And formed a team of heroes to help out Spider-Man. Which Peter Parker brags to Vision that he gave them the name the All-Wiener Squad. And again, I laughed out loud. Mm. Anyway... So then, the wiener. Yeah. So then, Vision's like, incredible. And during the same period, I faced a fanatic who wants to kill me and claim my wife. He's always been in love with Wanda, never caring that she didn't reciprocate his feelings. And then the little note at the bottom: since the earliest issues of X Men. So then he flashes back to Toad, and you know, flashing back to Avengers one thirty eight and all this other stuff. So they're talking, 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 and then all of a sudden, the Toad materializes again, shows up. And starts punching. There's punching back and forth. Punching, punching. I'm sure you like this part, Becca. Punching, punching. Yeah. And then Toad sprays them with like, uh, oh, what is it? It's like poison, right? He's like, yeah. bet you don't know the Toads carry poison and the bumps behind their eyes. So obviously he built that into a suit. So Spider-Man gets knocked out. So now Vision is punching him. <laughs> punching, mm. punching. Toad no- uh, knocks out Vision. Then we cut back to Scarlet Witch um, and Holly sitting in their uh, house. Uh, Wanda wants to go downstairs, but since she's pregnant, Holly's like, I'm going to go take care of this. So then she runs out. Toad breaks into the house. Holly hits Toad over the head with a piece of wood. 
and then cut back to outside. Vision and Spider-Man are recovering. They go inside, and Holly is, like, holding their clothes with a dresser. Toad smashes through the wall. Toad's about to, like, you know, kill them or whatever. But then Vision or uh, Scarlet Witch uses her hex powers to, like, knock them back. Spider-Man and uh, Vision come in. Spidey webs up his arm, and uh, they're arguing back and forth. And then the climax of the story. Toad is like, um, he's like, oh, sorry, I'm going to cut back. He's like, you treacherous sod, I should have killed you when I had the chance. And then Spidey's like, listen, Toad King, you say I led you on about being your friend, but what were you doing pretending to be a wimp? I am a wimp. I mean, I am when I, I try to be nice to people. But why don't you? But don't you know what time it is, tough guy? It's tax time. Time to pay for the public services. You want a friend? Like what in Christ's name is going on? I have no idea. But somehow Spider-Man saves the day by explaining tax season to the Toad, and it works. And Toad basically is like, ah, oh, but I no longer believe a word you say. Look out! His hands are free, and you think he's gonna fight back? But nope. He just disappears, teleports. He's out of there. So then Spider-Man's like, uh, and Wanda, wow, you took care of him in your state while Viz and I were in Dreamland. You sure are some kind of lady. And Vision's like, you're darn right I am. And then she, and then her little quip at the end in her thought bubble, yuck, my Aunt Fanny. Oh, I, I forgot to mention, I skipped over the dialogue where when Toad comes Toad, in and he right. sees the Vision, he's like, yuck. She's like, yuck. He's like, you aren't, you can't be the Wanda I love. You're huge. She's like, I'm pregnant, Toad. Yes, I, I knew that, but I had no idea you were so huge. So, yeah, that's why she's like, yuck, my Aunt Fanny. And that's the end. And then it says, you waited nine months for it, just like Wanda and Viz. And next month, the big day arrives. It's a double-sized climax, and it's got Magneto, Wonder Man, Wonder Man, and maybe a surprise or six. Go ahead, try to miss it. And that's the end. So, yeah, Josh, what do you think of this one? This one's wild. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Hog wild? it was... It was, it's hog wild. This one was. Frog wild. Frog wild. This one was, uh, it was fun to read because of, again, how ridiculous it is, right? Like I, I genuinely had so much fun reading it. Is it a good comic? Probably not. Like the story is really weird and disjointed at places. They keep running into like random characters that really don't have anything to do with the story maybe they're setting them up for stories in the future uh like there's no reason for that weird quicksilver scene and then for them to run into crystals like uh you know uh side dude and it's all just strange toad doesn't really feel like he fits in the story why does he find her disgusting now all of a sudden because she's pregnant like it's just weird that it feels like that's really what stopped the whole thing from from going on and then the tax thing was just like tacked on at the end to kind of call back to the beginning yeah it's a very bizarre issue um like I said before, I can definitely, and I think it's more because I saw WandaVision. Yeah. Now looking back at this, I can kind of feel the like sitcom aspects to it, right? Right. I'm not sure I would feel that if I didn't have WandaVision, right? I, I'm I'm not sure if I'd make the connection, but because because of that, that's all I can really see is like 
these weird moments where it's like the crazy neighbor's over. I'm going to teach her how to do some magic. Uh, you know, Vision walking down the street and his like full <laughs> robot, right. you know, suit uh, running into his like neighbors and all of these different characters. Like he runs into the whole cast of characters. The the like the one, you know, street block they walk down. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's it's uh, it's pretty funny. I don't know. It's <laughs> I had fun. Like vision, vision walking Peter Parker to the bus stop. Like, of course, well, it would be impolite if I didn't walk you to the bus stop. I know it's insane. <laughs> like, it's just weird things like that. It, that just kind of uh, I, this this. I don't think a comic like this could come out today. Hundred like, percent right. It feels yeah. very of its time. Yeah, it's corny. It's fun. Also bad. You know what I mean? Like I. I yeah, again, I had fun with it, but because of how weird and out there it was. Right. Bex Luther, what do you think? Same thing. Super weird out there. Had a great time. I really like this, the, the, the Vision and Scarlet Witch, like the whole run, um, because it's so bizarre and like the whole pregnancy plot is bizarre mm-hmm. and strange and then retcon, um, <laughs> like immediately. Uh it's just weird. Like, how dare you, Toad? Like, he was, this this is the woman that you were chasing after, and you see that she's pregnant and yuck. Like, she's literally the exact same. She just has a belly now. Uh-huh. Ex- no wonder she never liked him. Like, gross. What Who's this dude, bro? White knighting. Like, get out of here. Like, oh, if I beat up her husband, then she'll have to love me. That's not how it works. She's taken. She's married. She's par- pregnant with his child somehow. Get out of here. <laughs> Typical gross dude. Um, <laughs> no, it it was fun and weird, and I love that Peter's in it. Right. Like, counter to the to the previous the power pack issue, and this one he's like he's doing some of the fighting. He's also Peter Parker for a, a big chunk of it, like just taking pictures. I think Joshua Alla MTV Cribs. He's just like, oh, you guys got a house? I'll take some pictures. And Wanda's like a known mutant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I guess she's a I, she's an Avenger too. But, like, it doesn't seem like there's that stigma attached to her. Right. Right. I think that, um, I think they they explain it because Vision and Scarlet Witch don't have, like, a secret identity. And that's what J.J. J. is against, right? right so that's right. why he was, like, sent on the mission to, like, meet the superheroes and show that they're regular people. Because he's trying to, um, he's trying to, like, show, uh his audience that he's okay with superheroes, but he specifically hates people like Spider-Man. Right, and, right. You know, right. yeah. It's just strange because, like, Wanda's a mutant, though, mm-hmm. and, like, we've yeah. seen in all the... Everything in this era is, like, super anti-mutant. Uh, and I'm pretty sure everyone knows she's one. Have they already... Have they retconned her at this point to not be a mutant, or is she still a mutant? Oh, no, she's a mutant at this point. She's still... Sure. Okay, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, uh, Magneto is her dad, and, like, that's, like, a part right, of it. Right, yeah. Um, and you can't really retcon Magneto not being a mutant. I mean, you can, and they did for a bit, but... <laughs> <laughs> but you can. So you- um, and I like the Quicksilver bit. I love that, that he's just so frantic because his <laughs> wife cheated on him. Tell Wait, me, with- do you love? <laughs> like, how, how dare this man love his wife when, his, when Quicksilver's wife doesn't love him? Like... And she just, she cheated on him with just, like, a, a real estate, like, just a guy. <laughs> She's a princess of the Inhumans, and her husband was Quicksilver, 
the the son of Magneto, one of the most powerful mutants in the world. She and loves, she cheats on him with, just, with, with Norm. Norm, yeah. <laughs> His name's Norm. He's just a guy. And he, Norm actually dumps her later because she, he finds out that she was married when they had an affair. And he's oh like, oh, uh, that's disrespectful. And he, like, dumps her. So get wrecked, Crystal. It's a normal man. <laughs> Norm L. Man. That's his name. Um, love it. Love it. It's weird and dumb, and the, the fight scenes are good, and I love the, the, the jewel thieves that live next door. Quirky and weird. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm going to, you know, basically echo what you guys said. This is what I've always loved about Steve Englehart is just the insanity uh, and, the, and the commitment to the insanity of, you know, what can happen in a superhero story. So... You know, we talked about Power Pack earlier about how it's kind of aimed at a younger audience. I would definitely say the same thing about this. Like you said, Josh, this could not be published today. That's a hundred percent true, right? Like this is a definitely a product of its time, and it's something you—you, you, I don't think you could even try to replicate this now. It just wouldn't work, right? Yeah, it, 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 they. The only way they could is if they like if they marketed it as like a flashback a re- or, or, like, ret- this or is, retro yeah. yeah comic yeah yeah uh so yeah i mean this is everything i love about steve Englehart, but also why i mean you have to be in the right mood for it um one thing we haven't talked about is the art so the art again very very 80s um it's drawn by richard howell who called me an asshole on facebook and inked by frank springer who we know from right. Transformers number three and four, but also some issues. I think he's done some Dazzler, but I'm not sure. Nice, I think nice that, fun fact. Like, fun Mike fact. just likes to make podcasts to call out the people that don't like him on Facebook. Yeah, uh, he spoke to you though. It's true. It's true. Um, Why do you call you an hey, asshole? Steve Actually, it's been knows so long. Me. I can't remember. I can't he really remember. Really knows me. Yeah. <laughs> He said my name. He said Michael's an ass. Whoa. <laughs> um, it's like, it could have been for something warranted or something very not warranted. I, it, was, so. it was comic book related, so it probably wasn't that warranted. Okay, it wasn't politics no, related. No, no, no. It was something about, okay. like, you know, Cyclops or Lobo or something. I don't remember at this point. But anyway, we'll get back Mike to Mike has, like, a six-paragraph, like, comment about his right. opinion of Cyclops yeah. slash whoever it was. And... He just comments on everything. He's like, uh, you're an asshole. <laughs> I can't remember how it went. Dislike. I would have to search, but yeah. Oh my it was God, pretty entertaining. I don't want to put words in his mouth, but yeah, it wasn't pretty. But anyway. He said it. Maybe, maybe. Allegedly. Allegedly. There's no proof. Unless I can find the post. Yeah. But anyway. Oh, guys, I didn't even realize until just now the title of this book. Did you see what it's called? A Taxing Time. I didn't realize that. Wow. Oh. That's ridiculous. Yeah, what's going on with the taxes? Exactly. Like, that's just a weird... It's it's charming. Yeah, it's charming. Yeah. Um, okay, so the art. Let's talk about the art quickly. Um, I think it's... On one hand, it's very straightforward, very of its time. And I'm talking about the pencils here by Richard Howell. The inks, it's funny because I usually really like Frank Springer's inks, but I think he makes the art look really rushed and sloppy. Uh, Josh, what did you think? Um, yeah, I, I think that the, the style of the penciling really fits with, uh, the story. Right. Um, it has that, like, retro, like, 
70s feel to it almost like right 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 and and again it really does feel fit that like corny uh uh, sitcom feel having the characters like run into each other and stuff like that so yeah it's good um i didn't have too much of a problem with the inking i thought it was fine um there there weren't too many moments where i didn't understand what was happening um like the, I will say there, there's some weirdness at the end with the toad just disappearing. I think yes. because we don't, we see him like tied up kind of, and he, it looks like he's escaping and then we don't see him again. And then all of a sudden it's like a pink silhouette. And then they say that he's gone, I think. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so th- there's moments like that where it's kind of like, wait, what just happened? Oh, okay, sure. And then you move on, but. Even, I think all in all, it was pretty fine, yeah. Yeah, even like Spider-Man being on the bus, but then showing up, it, it feels like they figured it out after it was drawn, and then they had mm. to explain it, right? That's what it feels like to me. Like like an editor was like, wait a minute, this doesn't make sense, so they had to add in that thought balloon or whatever, but... Right. Right. <laughs> right. Uh, Becca, what do you think of the art? Wait a minute, he was on the bus. Yeah. Who was the guy who called you an asshole? Richard Howell. And he did the inks? He did the pencils. Pencils. Okay. So pencils, shit, inks, good. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> so loyal. Nobody talks bad about my boys. These are my boys. Excuse me. Mr. Whatever your name is. Mike said it four times and I have not retained it at all. Um, get better. Just get better. No, uh, I like the art. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> it's the same thing that Josh was saying. It's very retro. I mean, I know it was in the 80s but it's even drawn like retroactively from the 80s like it, it looks like a late 60s 70s kind of comic but like a little bit cleaner mm-hmm. um i love the frog mech suit mm-hmm. yes i love that it has a clock in the like a flame of flame clock right in the front yeah no reason so weird why um i love that it has the little eyes on it i love that it shoots acid out of it the back of its eyes um there's a, a a panel near the end of it where um, Toad is like pulling Vision's head back and like pulling him back. I that I really really liked. I'm looking for that right where it now. Just, like, I think it's like four or five pages from the end. Hmm. Where it just looks like he's like grabbed him by the head and it looks like he's like yanking yes. him back and like cracking his back. Digital That's drawn yeah. really well. Yeah. I really like that. It, it looks painful. Mm-hmm. And I feel like a lot of the time with the um, comic book fight scenes, it's like you get punched and then you're on the ground. But this one, like, I could feel it. It was like, what? Right, right, right. Yeah. No, I, I like the art. It, I like, it's fun. It's um, some of my favorite, like, not too background heavy background stuff. Good. And you know what else is? I actually think this art suits the digital recoloring, like the solid colors. You know, like, I really yeah. enjoyed looking at this art on in this format. You agree, Josh? Yeah, actually. I, I it, it wasn't until just now that I'm like, yeah, you're right. It The, the like, recoloring, dig, digitizing of this issue didn't actually stand out to me in this, um, in this one. Right, right. So, yeah, there you go. Definitely, I'm glad we read this one because this is an odd issue, but... Again, a different perspective of Spider-Man by a different writer and artist, so it's pretty cool. Vision the Scarlet Witch number 11, I think we all kind of recommend it for weird reasons, right? Uh, Becca, do you recommend it? 
No, absolutely. And like, if you are a fan of WandaVision and want to see where some of the stuff takes root from, this is a great series. Like, it's obviously this is the series that they took a lot of stuff from. Um, it is nothing like the show. <laughs> it is True. not going to be you. If you have only watched the show and have never read comics before and want to read comics that are based on the shows you like, don't start with this one. Um, <laughs> maybe pick some Loki or like some some Sam Wilson Captain America stuff instead of this one, mm -hmm. and then read this because it is fascinating to see what little bits and pieces they pull and take mm -hmm. from the comics and put them into live action, which is, I, we like to do that about the movies too, but this is not, this is some weird comic shit for some weird comic fans. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that's me. And I liked it. Josh, what do you think? Uh, yeah, I had a lot of fun reading this. I think that uh, if you, when you're reading this, you have to like understand that it's going to be weird as hell. Like, I don't think I would just be like, oh, yeah, it's a great comic. You should read it. Um, uh, this is something that I would flat out say this is one of the weirder comics and the weirdest comic storylines. Like, the, this 12-issue, like, miniseries is um, really fun and should be read with the prior knowledge that things are going to get weird and you're, you're going to have to kind of, like, roll with it and just, like, have fun with this, like, weird roller coaster that you're about to go on. But yeah, I'd, I'd recommend it. Definitely, you have to you have to kind of like be in the right mindset and be in the right mood. But as long as you understand what you're getting for, it's definitely a good read. Mm -hmm. So there you go, Vision of the Scarlet Witch number eleven. Now we're gonna jump to Fantastic Four number two ninety nine. And Becca, you're gonna summarize this one, right? I am Woo. going to. Um, sorry, I just have to go back to it because I had kept reading after oh, no it. I was like, I forgot yeah. all about this, so I kept going, <laughs> which I rarely do for, like, these one-offs. I try to not That's a good sign, though. That's more. a good sign, yeah. <clears throat> um, so, yeah, so this takes place after Secret Wars, where Ben was on the island or that planet for a while. He's come battle back world. since then. Yeah, Battle World. <laughs> the first Battle World, not the second Battle right. World. Not the more modern Battle World. Um... So it starts off with um, Johnny has ticked off the thing once again <laughs> because because um, when, when the thing was on Battleworld and he was trying to figure out like how to gain control of maybe turning back into human or whatever, um, him and his girlfriend, Alicia, what's her last name? Mathers? Masters. Is that her last name? Mathers. Masters. Masters. Wait, Masters. is it Masters? Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, right? Yeah. Maybe. Yes, it is Masters. Yeah. Oh, okay. I was I thought I don't know why I thought there was an H in there. Mm -hmm. Um but yeah, so since things been gone, um him and Alicia broke up. Alicia is was things blind ex girlfriend. Um and then when he was gone, I guess her and Johnny started seeing each other and now they're getting married. Um it's been a, it's a bit a bit a wild time. Um so the reason the thing is so angry is because he thinks that Johnny is making fun of him because Johnny asked him to be his best man for the wedding to his ex-girlfriend. Mm -hmm. um, so he is rightfully angry. Uh, Johnny's like, what did I do? I don't know, Johnny. So um, Ben storms out of the, the Baxter building or like the, the new Baxter building. I forget what they call it. Freedom something. Freedom 4? Four? Uh, four Freedoms Plaza. The new Baxter building. Yeah, 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 whatever. <laughs> um, so the thing leaves, and he forgets that 
for some reason that today is the day that they're not like showcasing the new building. So there's tons of reporters everywhere. And when there's tons of reporters somewhere in New York, Peter Parker's there. Um, and the thing pushes this reporter out of the way. And Peter's like, oh, if I wasn't here with my Spider-Man powers and caught him, this guy could have gotten hurt. What's going on with the thing? So the thing rushes out and gets into a taxi. Jennifer Walters is coming to showcase to the, um, to the party because of the new building. And she runs in and she's like, hey, thing. And then he just, like, gets in the cab and walks out. So... You have the Fantastic Four back into their building and they're prepping for this party and whatever and they're yelling at Johnny because he's an idiot because why would you ask a man to be your best man when you're marrying his ex-girlfriend mm. who he clearly still has feelings for. Um, so they're all like, you should have asked us first or we could have told you what a stupid moron you are. <laughs> yeah. um, so then Jen leaves and she finds Hulk at a bar that I guess he's known to go to. And they sit down and have a drink. And then we have a little flashback to... It looks like Alicia Master's father, the puppet master. And the time that he took control of the thing to destroy the Fantastic Four. And his daughter took a liking to Ben at that point. They fell in love. What? Blah, blah, blah. She was the only one to accept him for who he was. And she liked the thing. Um, there's a whole lot more to that relationship than this flashback, but that's all that the, the comic has. And then, so, Ben throws a bottle at the TV in the bar, because it's showing the, the new Baxter building, and Johnny's on TV, so he he explodes the television, and then he's gonna fight the bartender, but Jen's like, here's some money, we're gonna go, and she takes him. She's, she says she knows a place that they can go, so they go there. Um, we go back to the new Baxter building press conference, and Peter Parker's there, and he's like, Huh, the thing's not here, and Johnny's leaving. I'm gonna turn into Spider-Man to see what's going on with Johnny, because they're friends. Um, I think they're friends. The only- they only insult each other. Right. <laughs> like, I know that they're best friends, and they say that they're best friends all the time, but they're constantly antagonizing one another. <laughs> sure. Um, it's a very toxic relationship. Yes, could say that. So, Johnny flies <laughs> off, he flames on, and Spider-Man chases after him. They have a nice little, um, chit-chat on the roof where Spider-Man's like, You're getting married? Like, good friend, didn't even tell him that you're getting married. Like, <laughs> he's not gonna be there. That's cool. Um, and then he's like, I can't believe that you're marrying Ben's ex-girlfriend. Like, Peter's so out of the loop that he didn't even know that Ben and Alicia weren't together anymore. And so while they're having all this co conversation on this rooftop, there is a woman who lives in the apartment below them who is just eavesdropping. And so she calls the J. Jonah Jameson hotline... And she's like, hey, I got some hot gossip for you. <laughs> and Jay's like, show me the tea. And I guess there's, like, money involved, so that's great. And then we pan back over to the bar where Thing bucks. and... and <laughs> hey, it was 1985, 50 bucks. True, good point. Yeah, let's that's see. That's a lot of bucks. Also, all she has to do is make a phone call and she gets 50 bucks. Um... <laughs> So yeah, so they go to this bar, and it's like in the middle of this construction zone where everything's getting demolished, and they walk in, and it's the thing in She-Hulk. So all of these, like, Joe Schmoes at the bar were, like, looking over, and they're like, whoa, what are these people doing? Jen's like, we just want to sit in the back and get be private. Whatever. So then they go to the back, and Ben starts reminiscing some more about his time with uh, Alicia and how she got extremely hurt because of him during a fight. So that's when he decided that maybe they couldn't be together anymore. Um, I guess. And then 
for some reason she slaps him. I don't remember uh, why she slaps him. Well, she's essentially just trying to get him to get his anger out, right? Like, no, no. Why Alicia slaps him? Oh, sorry. Okay. <laughs> and the flashback. Yeah, I says he. The thing says I showed up on Alicia's doorstep, determined to tell her. Oh. He's mad because she broke up with him first. Right, That's what it right, is. right, right. So she slaps him because mm. she's breaking up with uh-huh. him. And then she hulks like, so you're mad mm. because she broke up with you before you could break up with her? And so then what happens after that? Oh, yeah. And then so he finds out that Johnny's been dating her and he gets angry. He leaves the Fantastic Four. He becomes a wrestler. He gets mutated. Right? That's what happens. I was like, I forgot. Yeah. <laughs> ben has a whole side quest over here where he, like, joins a wrestling gig, gets extra mutated, goes to live with the Mole Man, right? Yes. And then the Fantastic Four have to save him once he realizes that maybe the Mole Man's not the best roommate. So then they go to save him. So Jen starts antagonizing Ben to try to get him to get angry. So they start fighting. Um... So they break, like, holes in the walls, and they start, like, destroying all the buildings that are all around them. Um, and then the, the, the guys from the bar with all, like, their, their workers, they all start placing bets on who they think's gonna win, if it's gonna be the thing or if it's gonna be She-Hulk. Um, and they're really going, like, because these are two strong brawlers, and they are going all out at it. And it's actually a really, really fun fight scene, where, like, they're just knocking, they're taking punches back and forth, she's hitting him over the head with a a steel bar. Um, She-Hulk gets a couple good licks to the face. And then Ben looks over and all of these guys are like cheering for them. They're like, yeah, cool fight. And it turns out that Ben's like, oh, you were just trying to goad me into fighting so I could take out, you know, what Josh said, take out my aggression. And then um, everything's all great, I guess, because Johnny shows up with Spider-Man and goes... Ben, I wasn't making fun of you. I really want you to be my best man because you're my best friend. And then Ben goes, okay. Mm. Um. <laughs> God. Yeah. I l- live for Fantastic Four family drama. Yes. The Fantastic Four family drama is the soaps of the Marvel comics. Mm-hmm. And I just, I just need to know more. Like, I... Johnny's dating, marrying Ben Grimm's ex-girlfriend. <gasps> like, I love it. Give, I love it. Give me the tea. <laughs> oh my god. No, I love this. What did you guys think? Uh, I read this as a kid. I just reread it. This is a weird period in FF because it's right after John Byrne left, but before Steve Englehart took over, and so it's kind of an in-between period. So it, it, you could argue this was a little bit of a fill-in or a rush job. However. I still loved it. Uh, Roger Stern, Josh, we love Roger Stern because he did mm. Amazing Spider-Man. It's spectacular. This is uh, this art is by John Buscema, who's one of the greatest artists in Amazing. Marvel history. Inks by Sal Buscema, also a great artist. Again, maybe a slight rush job, but still so good. Like you could look at any page on this issue and understand exactly what's going on just by looking at the panels. Um, and, you know, again, you could argue there's maybe a little bit too much time spent on just fight scenes and flashbacks. But if you're into that thing like some people are, then it's fine, right? So I kind of rate this as, like, a really fun um, but, um, like, superficial issue. But I did really like it. Uh, Josh, what do you think? 
Yeah, uh, again, the art really feels like a late 60s, 70s um, comic. The, the, the art is great. Um, mm-hmm. There's not really much else to say about it besides it looks like a Fantastic Four comic. Exactly. Um, uh, at first, I really loved the stuff with She-Hulk taking the thing out to, like, the diner and, like, talking him down. And then it then when she started, like, beating him up, I was like, what the uh, heck is going on? Uh-huh. And then it just kept going and kept going. And then it, like, brought me back by the end of it. For some reason, I'm like, this is so ridiculous that literally half of the comic is them fighting in the streets and, like, br- busting down buildings. And they turn around when they finally are done and kind of, like, out of breath. They turn around and all of their fans are like, yeah, you did it. You busted down these old crappy buildings in this, like, run-down neighborhood. And they were, she was like, see, we did good. You got out her, you got out your anger and we knocked down these buildings that needed to be knocked down. I'm just like, are you kidding me? right (laughs) and like i don't know it's 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 that kind of ridiculous again it's ridiculous in a fun way right um uh, i'm surprised that i actually had fun reading all three comics this week yeah this has been a good week uh yeah becca so did you like the art this one becca no i I definitely did i love anytime there's a really great panel of she-hulk anytime that you get she-hulk Right? I'm a fan of the way that, like, um, it's the, when she first starts fighting him, she, like, gives him the side eye, and it's great, and then when she's, like, telling him to, like, come at her, um, I love that art. Fantastic. Mm -hmm. Just, just fantastic. And then the, 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 just the demolishing of all the buildings, Mm -hmm. like I said when I was reviewing it, the, the big metal steel beam that, like, bends over her head. Love it. Um, don't know why Spider-Man's here, though. Well, again, sales. I mean, I can understand because Human Torch and Spider-Man are friends, so it's understandable that he would want to go outside the family to kind of get someone else's opinion. So I think that's kind of a natural fit because it does happen quite often. Even in Spider-Man, right? There's been a lot of issues yeah. where he'll just run into Human Torch on the street or, or, or swinging around and then talk to him, right? So Yeah, I was going to say, I feel like now, for me at least... Um, I, I totally get what you're saying, Bex, but I think for me, because we've read so much Spider-Man throughout the, uh, you know, the past, like, two years, this happens a lot with Human Torch and Spider-Man, where they kind of just meet up and they chat and they catch up for a little bit and then they go their separate ways. So for me at this point, it feels like, oh, cool, like, these two friends are catching up again, and this is something, like, important for Human Torch to, like, get off his chest and talk about. So, for me, it worked. But I can also... But it's, I think, only because it's Human Torch and Spider-Man. I think if it was any other character, it would feel off. What? Mm -hmm. It would feel... You're bringing my socks again? Thank you. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, if it was any other character, I, I would agree with you, and I would... I would feel like it's off. But, uh, yeah, I don't know why. For some reason with Human Torch and Spider-Man, I, I believe that friendship because they've established it over the over the years that, like, when they met up on the rooftop and started chatting again, I was like, okay, good. Spidey's going to give them some advice. Human Torch has got somebody to talk to. Things got somebody to talk to with She-Hulk and um, 
I f- honestly even forgot that th- that neither of them really show up again until like the last page or whatever when they make up. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it, it was. Um, I think it was an all in all pretty good issue. It's got some again weird, uh, <laughs> weird moments that uh, don't really fit in, like. Uh, she hulk kind of being a jerk to the bar owner or mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um yeah the constant flashbacks like those were tedious yeah, I it's a lot through sometimes them. right right yeah me I, too again it, it's probably a filler issue they just needed to like keep it mm. the, the series going until steve Englehart was ready but considering the circumstances i think it was really good and as far as the Oka art goes i want to mention a couple things like I think John Buscema really excels at background characters. Like in this issue, like the thing getting into the taxi cab and then like when he goes to the bar, if you just pay attention to the people or even on the beach, like when him and Alicia are on the beach on page digital eight, like every one of those characters on the beach has their own kind of unique body language. And I think it's incredible. Then when you cut to the bar, you know, throwing the beer bottle at the uh, TV and then the bartender getting pissed off and then he grabs the guy by the face and then a couple pages later um, you know all, all the uh, all the guys sitting in their hard hats in the bar and then when you mm. see She-Hulk and Thing walk in they all kind of like look over the shoulders like oh my god look who just walked in like again this was probably John Buscema used to be able to do 8 pages a day but he put so much thought because he was so talented into all these little details and that's what's important right the, the, you know like the feathering and the details in the buildings people think that's important it's not it's this stuff it's the, the body language and the storytelling and that's what it, obviously he's a master of so this art is just incredible i think so yeah uh mm-hmm. i definitely recommend this issue again it's not the best issue of fantastic four but if this is what you're looking for superhero fun like becca said with soap opera right um like subplots going on this is great stuff like another good issue this week uh becca i'm assuming you recommend it right yeah no absolutely when she hulk joins the fantastic four i hate that it's because of secret wars but it's some of my favorite (laughs) fantastic four stuff afterwards like it's such a dumb reason that she's just like okay cool i guess i'll join the fantastic four but i love her like what she adds to the to, to, to the, the three of them, which is already such an established family. And then she comes in and she's super brash and super confident and like doesn't take no shit mm-hmm. versus like Reed and Sue who are very like posh kind of and Johnny who's kind of like very Johnny. Um, so she adds this interesting dynamic right. to them. And then when Ben comes back and that the... Um, the camaraderie that she has with him. I love the She-Hulk thing relationship where like she goats him on because she's like, oh, you think you're the only person who has problems? I'm a huge green lady. Like my cousin is the Hulk. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> like I love that. Right. Um, And I, I love, love that freaking Johnny Storm, hot Johnny could have any girl he could ever want. Just steals Ben Grimm's girlfriend. What an asshole! But yeah, yeah it makes it for good. Feels comics. very weird. Yeah, and like that, and then of course she's also like the daughter of the puppet master right. who comes back like after like in later issues. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's just oh, it's so much, so much good drama. The Fantastic Four has so much drama. I love it. 
Josh, what do you think? Yeah, it's it's a another one of those fun issues uh, that I really liked reading, but kind of has like weird moments, and the story is kind of fillery, and there's a lot of of flashbacks. And honestly, you can just skip them if you if you already know the events. Nothing important is said again, so you can kind of mm-hmm. just skim through those, which is what I did. Yeah. Um, but I think all in all, I, I enjoy this one and would, would recommend it. There you go, folks. So yeah, Roger Stern, Fantastic Four, definitely check it out. I think he did issues two, 293-ish to about 303-ish, so definitely a solid run in there and some good art by John Buscemba, so check it out. So yeah, that wraps up this week's episode. Uh, be sure to join us next week. We're, uh, we're going back to the regular monthly issues of Spider-Man. Web of Spider-Man is going to feature more, um, I guess, realistic, uh, a realistic exploration of terrorism in Ireland, I believe. Amazing. Whoa. Yeah. Yep. That's Yay. not going to age poorly be at fun. all. Uh, Amazing Spider-Man is going to deal with X-Factor, who everyone loves. And Peter Parker is going to be a fill-in issue by Bill Mantlo and Keith Giffen. Kind of a weird one. And then the Amazing Spider-Man Annual is going to deal with the return of the Iron Man of 2020. So be sure to join us next episode. And Josh, you can take it from here. Yeah, we want to thank you guys so much for listening to the podcast. It really helps when you leave us a review over on Apple Podcasts. Or you can drop us a line on Twitter at, at HCTSpiderCast. Please let us know what you guys think about the uh, the comics we're talking about and the podcast itself. We definitely want to keep that comics conversation going. So until next week, see you later.